dismantling systemic oppression, strengthening local economies, fostering equity and inclusion, cultivating communities for social good. We are motivated to leave the world a more just and compassionate place than we found it. A lofty goal? Maybe. An unreachable goal? Absolutely not. This is the Impact Out Loud podcast, powered by Prospera Partners. Now here are your hosts. Welcome back to Impact Out Loud. I'm Vicki Pazabon. We have with us Stacy, Eileen, and Ray, and we are doing part two of our lessons learned in 2023. So last time we heard from Ray and Eileen talking about their great lessons to have been learned or learned through the year and even just some observations as well. So we're excited to hear from Stacy, who some of you don't know. Stacy is our marketing and communications director, and she is behind the scenes for Prospera Partners doing all of our marketing and communications, but also works with some of our clients as well to work on some marketing strategy, some messaging work as well. So Stacy, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. I am behind the scenes. So my observations might be a little bit different. I don't do facilitation. I don't do the strategic planning, although I have been a part of those kind of things in my career. I've worked in the nonprofit sector for a long, long time. So my, my insights might be a little different, although my first observation or lesson learned isn't necessarily a new one. And I think everybody here will totally agree with me. Um, <laughs> knowing how everybody thinks having worked with you, but this is that change is really hard for humans. Check that box. I thought there might be, yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought there yeah. might be more size or um, laughter. Maybe you just couldn't hear it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've learned it in a different way through the work with Prospera because we are trying to help people change for the better, whether it's systems or small projects, doing business better, doing the way they do things at their nonprofits better. But it's interesting to me, and this is probably a whole psychology session, but you know, there's resistance often to doing something new, even if it makes life easier or better in the long run, because it makes things a little bit harder or more challenging mm -hmm. in the short term, mm -hmm. whether it's learning a new piece of software, learning a new process, learning how to talk about something differently, learning new vocabulary. It's just really, really hard a lot of the times for people to move toward change. So the people that and organizations that do it and commit to it have, a, I guess, a certain courageousness too that I want to highlight. They dive in and do it and then can see the results of that, which is really cool to see. So that would be one of mine. I have another one that's... <laughs> Again, I think we've talked about it at length when we're not on the podcast, but um, social oh, media, uh, social media, <laughs> I spend a lot broken. of time on Social it. media is broken. <laughs> End of sentence. Um, the way I worded it was it's a conundrum for all of us because we yep. all depend on it. We use it now to communicate, learn, share, organize. There are some really positive things, obviously, about it. It's really been critical to some communities that I've been a part of that might not be able to 
communicate otherwise because of, you know, disability issues and things like that. So it's a conundrum, especially for small businesses and social enterprise and nonprofits. Some of the notes I took were, were held hostage mm-hmm. by these companies. There's mm-hmm. no way to give them real feedback about things that are working or not working, things we'd like to see systems that used to work that are no longer there because they can just change things at their whim and trying to keep up with with whatever is happening in the world. They also offer no tech support whatsoever. So you can't, uh, if your account gets hacked and you're a small business that's relying on something like Instagram or Facebook or even TikTok to make sales, what do you do? You pray that you can get a hold of somebody that knows Mm -hmm. somebody and Mm -hmm. just hope for the best. I think we've probably all witnessed this with friends and businesses um, that we're connected to. So it's, it's a conundrum because they've created, you know, these tech companies have created this. We're all sort of beholden to them now. And it's, it's created a lot of challenges. The content also has switched to being uh, like, they're basically rewarding folks for creating content Mm -hmm. that's entertaining that's prioritized rather than just sort of sharing what you're doing or what you're making. You know, I think a really dramatic example of that is Instagram where they've really pushed real and like content creators. And, you know, by all means, I'm guilty as anybody is look at looking at that content and enjoying it. But I think we were all just talking the other day, how we can't really see now content from our friends, businesses that we used to want to see like, what's so-and-so making or, you know, what new product does somebody have? It's just getting harder. You know, there's, they're getting drowned out by that because the tech companies have prioritized this and, you know, there's always profit motivations behind all of this. Now, with that said, I think people still need to focus on sort of doing what they've always done, not jumping. So from a business point of view, that is like not always jumping toward the next trend, the next thing, because not everybody has the time to do that. Not everybody can do it well. And sometimes it can backfire if you just keep going toward the next trend and the next thing. And not all, another sort of negative, a lot of companies and nonprofits um, just don't have the time or the budget to do this. Sometimes they get lucky, you know, they'll have a staff person land at a company or business who's really good at certain content creation and they get super lucky. But a lot of times, again, it's a sort of not, not, it's not a fair system, right. For a lot of companies and nonprofits, because they can't afford to hire people that can do this full time. And so the people who have those budgets or get lucky are the ones that get prioritized in the algorithm and the streams and the content. But again, I think the work around around that is being consistent with your content and um, authenticity. That was another one. This might be actually counting as my third <laughs> point is authenticity as a, as a key, right? In messaging mm-hmm. closely or sort of related where we need to stay on top of AI and we need to stay on top of tech. But as at the same time, in these early stages, when I see it being used, I have a really poor reaction to it. Um, I actually wrote down, I find it really gaggy. Um, (laughs) Or cringe, as the kids would say. I like gaggy. It's it's a little cringe. That's a right there, (laughs) gaggy. Yeah, this is very me. Like, uh, And I think I was sharing the other day with you at a staff check-in. An example of that is there's a um, local tourism sort of related thing in my hometown and 
gosh, I hope they're not listening because I don't mean this to like totally criticize them, but I can tell because they're small staff, I have a suspicion that they're using AI to generate caption content for their social media. I can totally understand why somebody would want to do this, especially if you don't have staff, like I said, um, devoted to social media. This offers a, a quicker way to do that. But I can tell you every time I read one of those captions, I it's like abhorrent. I don't, <laughs> it's fake. Yeah. It's not connected at all to that community oh. and that town. I don't know anybody in that community that would speak that way about any of those things they're Stacey, showing. Stacey, they're our um, number one podcast fan. They they're going to hear it. <laughs> in fact, they reached exactly. out to us. They would like right. to work with us. <laughs> right, right. Well, it is a small town, so if they hear my name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, so in a way it made me sad because I can, I can understand the, you know, being compelled to use those tools. It's also, you know, it's kind of fun and exciting to use these new tools and new software, but coming back to the authenticity, I think, you know, you have to do that. It's getting harder and harder to do that and to sort of mm -hmm. sift through all the noise on social media. I think yesterday we were talking about how there are really expert voices out there, but they right. get drowned out because now everybody's right. the expert. And it kind of relates back to Eileen saying everybody needs right. to be right. So whenever there's a new issue, a new thing in the news, you know, social media is just flooded with hot takes because attention has been monetized. It's uh, everybody now needs attention um, for the likes and the money and the content and the views. Mm -hmm. So it's getting harder and harder to like cut through all that noise and get to those authentic pieces. And closely related to that, um, I think organizations and businesses for telling their story. So I think that's a big lesson. People have great stories. They have great reasons, especially in the work we do with social enterprise and nonprofit people trying to make the world better. So it's really important to tell those stories and not just do sort of random, unstrategic mm -hmm. things out right. there. <laughs> so the more you can tell those stories, the more people will want to support you, I think. Of course, I'm biased in that as well. And then my last one's a little more philosophical. And I don't know, but I think it will relate better because I think our work is rooted in some of these things. And this is more of a lesson since the pandemic hit. So humans we know cannot live without one another. Mm -hmm. We've depended on one another since time immemorial. Did I say that word right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I think what's been so interesting to me is, and maybe this is a uniquely Western, it, it is a uniquely Western concept. I should take that back. You know, I would hear a lot at the beginning of the pandemic, that rhetoric about nobody needs to worry unless, unless, you know, asterisk, Unless they're elderly right. or already have like pre-existing conditions or something wrong with them. I always thought that was such a strange thing to say because if you are in that position where you're not one of those things, great, you're lucky right now, but you're going to be heading that way or you're going to know somebody heading that way very soon because we're all heading that way, even if we're not in those two categories right now. That's just one little example, but I just think... We have to find a better way to support one another, to realize that we depend on one another. That's where the systems, I think, thinking <laughs> comes into play. 
humans can't survive without that. And so how do we figure out better ways to do this and not, I don't know, not be fighting uh, for sort of that independent thing. And like, I don't need to listen to this person. Um, There's a spiritual leader I heard a long time ago, native person, can't remember the tribe right now. I apologize. Can't remember his name either. Apologize. But I remember the statement because it was really impactful. He said, you know, we depend on one another, and I'm paraphrasing, the air I breathe out is the Mm -hmm. air that you breathe in. Uh, I thought Mm. about that a lot Mm. during Mm. the pandemic. So I'll end there. Well, and can I just make a circle for you where you started with change is hard and you were pointing (laughs) at humans needing each other and then they were confronted with change and that was hard for them. And so they were retaliating (laughs) against the change. So I just had to do that loop there. And change is a lot easier mm-hmm. when we're connected. Yeah. yeah. I'll just jump in right now because I, I think that was an important point that you made about the air I breathe out is the air you breathe in. And that is the root of Tonglen practice, which is a meditative breathing practice to breathe in suffering, breathe in other suffering and breathe out light and healing. So you literally take a big deep breath to breathe in other people's suffering, take it in and then breathe out healing and light as a meditative practice. So love that. Right. I think too, with the pandemic, it was so wild to see the resistance to Mm -hmm. that way of thinking, even with really capitalistic, materialistic things like Mm -hmm. the supply chain, Mm -hmm. for example, you'd think of sort of any example out there that might've been one that could show humans how interconnected we are and how yep. interdependent we are. But even with all yep. that, even with all that, there are still so many people resistant yeah. to that idea. Wow. Thank you, Stacy. Always dropping the knowledge when you come into our conversations. <laughs> so you're gonna have to come on the podcast more often. Uh, oh man. <laughs> and I'm just eager to hear what Vicky has well, for us. Our fearless ooh, leader. Fearless leader today. Okay. Well, my number one then these are not in any kind of ranking order. So my first thought for uh, lessons learned is hosting or holding difficult conversations is really fucking hard. We do it with our clients. We do it for our clients and we do it for each other on this team and with each other. And sometimes we have to have difficult conversations with our clients. Sometimes we have to help them have difficult conversations within their own organizations. It's really hard to do. And I guess I'm going to tie it back to everything that Ray, Eileen, and Stacy have said around all of these things that we've already talked about is you can't have those difficult conversations without change, right? We have to be willing to make change happen. And so having and holding those conversations is necessary to create change. And it's hard. And we've had to have some difficult conversations internally about our work and how we do the work, why we do the work, ethically why we're doing the work. And it's hard. And we stand strong in our ethics and our purpose. And I will stand by that every day. Every day of the week, I will stand by our purpose and our ethics as a company toward social impact. And it requires those ongoing fucking hard conversations all 
the yes. time <laughs> and all that That's behind right. the scenes That's work. Right. Yeah. So number two for me is fail forward is a strategy to success. It's okay to fail because when you're creating change, you're actually doing new things. And sometimes those things don't work out and it's okay to pivot. It's okay to fail forward and say, you know what? I learned some things from that and I'm going to keep moving forward. It can be a strategy to success. And we hope that our clients will adopt that as a ethos for their own work and their own strategies to achieve what they want to achieve, whether it's a nonprofit or a social enterprise business. Number three I'm going back into the Wayback Machine because I've had some recent conversations around the local food system recently because we have two clients that are deeply in it. And one of them is really focused on seed saving and the other is focused on food distribution. And my aha moment recently was the food system is constantly changing and evolving on the local level, right? I'm not talking about agribusiness. I'm talking about the localism food system and how it is constantly pivoting and evolving. And things that we tried 15 years ago are coming back around. And it's interesting to me because we always say we know what's old and broken. Let's talk about what's new and possible. The food system is always testing what didn't work and trying it again. And I'm not saying that that's a good or bad thing. It just is an observation that I have. It seems to constantly be coming back around. So it's almost like it's cyclical. And I just want to give a shout out to those who constantly stay in the local food system work because it is deep, deep systems change. And it is the foundation of everything to have healthy, accessible food. Number four, this one's for you, Stacy. <laughs> I still loathe LinkedIn. I hate it so much. It's for me, it's like walking into a Chamber of Commerce networking event. It's super transactional. None of it makes sense to me. It's not user friendly. It's like the PC version versus the Mac version. And I'm such a Mac user. I'm like, I need everything to be super user friendly. And LinkedIn to me is like walking into a <laughs> foreign land. And the other day I got so mad, I couldn't share something. And I was like, why isn't this working? And I reshared it three times and it ended up on our Prospera page three times. And I got really mad and I should have told you, Stacey, but I didn't. So our Prospera <laughs> page on LinkedIn probably is a mess because of me. So my apologies. My lesson learned is that I will always hate LinkedIn. So I really appreciate <laughs> and I will never learn how to use it. So I really appreciate Stacy's oversight of our LinkedIn page on social media and on LinkedIn and that she takes control of it and she makes it make sense. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And my last one is burnout is real. It's really real. And, you know, we talk a lot about it. I know it's out there in social media that, you know, there's this movement around rest as a form of resistance and resistance in a good way, right? It's real. And I'm experiencing it. And I'm not going to lie. It's been a long year and a hard year for on very many levels, both personally and professionally. And I can't wait for a break. And we're taking a break over 
the holidays because it's time to pause and it's time to pause as a company and it's time to pause as humans. And I love the beginning of a new year because it, it marks a beginning of time and it marks a beginning of change. And I love change. I don't think change is hard. <laughs> it is hard, but I don't think change is hard. I actually embrace change. And so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm actually feeling way more optimistic about the coming year than I did at the end of 22. I felt really blah about 2023. And that for me, was a theme throughout the whole year of like, ugh, this whole year has just been hard. I don't know what's going on astronomically, but something in 2023 definitely was hard. And I feel like 2024 already feels like a lightness to it. But maybe I'm just projecting. <laughs> so it's like, do you know if we're still in the age of Aquarius? Oh, I don't know. We should look that up. <laughs> Somebody Google it. Google it while we're talking. So again, burnout is real and it's social. It's mental, it's emotional, and it is physical. And I just want to make sure that folks understand and know that that is happening on every level. And if you feel like you can't meet with one more fucking person, <laughs> that's real. And I think I said to you all a couple of weeks ago, like, I can't add one more fucking thing to the calendar. I just can't. Like, it was, it was making me angry to look at my calendar. That's burnout. That was real for me. Yeah. So those are my top five. There's one thing I want to jump in and reflect on, which has been the theme in a, in a lot of ways for what both you, Vicki, and, and Stacy were sharing. And this, it's going back to Stacy's first thing around change is hard. I want to name one thing that I learned this year is that you can't have growth without struggle. Yep. Those two things are intimately connected. And there's a lot of work being done in the social sphere around looking at things like post-traumatic growth as a response of PTSD. If PTSD is processed, you know, if it's not processed, you can't have this idea of post-traumatic growth. And I think there's just so much opportunity for us to view this idea of, yeah, change mm -hmm. is hard. And boy, I, I don't want to be the same person that I was. Yep in 2022. I don't want to be the same person that I was in, in 2015 or going mm -hmm. back 40 years. It's exciting to me when people keep growing because boy, when we don't grow, that's, that's, that's such a missed opportunity. And without that growth on an individual level, and again, that growth mm -hmm. among all of us, that's what we're yeah. doing as a company. We're continually growing and evolving by failing forward and trying different things continuously. And how exciting and we would not be Prospera Partners without offering a resource. So I'm going to give a resource shout out right now <laughs> to one of my favorite books around resistance. It's called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. He's a well-known author, but he wrote this book specifically for creative people. But I think it's a really great book to read. It's really easy and accessible. Like you can just open it up to any page and read it in three minutes on a page. And he talks about resistance the whole theme of the book is about resistance and how to break through that resistance to get to the change that you need or the creative project that you want to do or whatever it is. And I love it. Huge recommendation. I think it's on our bookshop online as well at our, on our website at prosperapartners.org. So check that out because I think finding those tools to dig into when we're in the struggle is really important. And embrace change. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm with Vicky. I'm also someone who will change, do new things. And I think it was Stacy, right? Cause you're saying change is hard and you name too, right? It, it initially feels really hard, but ultimately it puts you in a better place for the most part. We can't say like all change is good, but there is something to listening to that instinct, right? Like in mindfulness or other grounding practices, right? It's really tuning into yourself. So it's really like knowing when there's those moments to listen to that and tap in and not be afraid of it and know that it might feel a little hard, but you're probably going to have learned something or ended up in a different position that's taught Mm -hmm. you something. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up 2023, we're going to encourage all of you who are listening to practice what we're preaching and to pause and maybe take a deep breath and think about what is it that you learned in 2023 that you want to bring forward into 2024? I love that, Eileen. Thank you. I think we'll end it there. Thank you for 2023, all of you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in 2024. See you in the new year. Thank you for listening to the Impact Out Loud podcast, the podcast that empowers bold impact for good, powered by Prospera Partners. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to Impact Out Loud wherever you get your podcasts and follow Prospera Partners on your favorite social media. If you are inspired to make community-based solutions and systems change, Prospera Partners offers workshops and programs that are open to all. For more information, visit prosperapartners.org. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be well and do good.